Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hey, hey, my friend, I hope that you're doing so well. Happy Tuesday or Monday evening if you're in the US listening to this. Hope that you're having a wonderful start to your week. This episode is a little different. Every now and again, I meet people in business who are kind of like kindred spirits. And when I find those people, I kind of attach to them. (laughs) I'm like, hey, I love you. Never leave me. Um, And Renee is one of those people. And we've had her on my podcast. I recently went on her podcast and she asked such great questions. And it was such a natural, easy conversation. We talked about marketing. We talked about business. We talked about confidence as a woman in business. And so I thought, oh my gosh, let's just, let's bring this episode from her podcast onto our podcast. So in today's episode, I am actually the one being interviewed and I'm being interviewed by the wonderful Renee Warren. She is a PR expert. She runs a podcast called We Wild Women. You will, if you love our podcast, you will love her podcast. So be sure to check her out. I will link her in the show notes. But we're talking about marketing. We're talking about turning leads into not just customers, but raving fans. We're talking about your online presence. We're talking about rebranding. We're talking about showing up with Beyonce level confidence. Um, We cover a lot of ground and we laugh a lot. So you're going to love this conversation. And I'm super grateful for Renee for having me on her show and for trusting me with her audience. So if you love this episode, please share it with a friend and be sure to follow Renee Warren on Instagram and to check out her podcast as well. All right, let's dive in to this conversation with me and my friend, Renee. Please welcome the incredible from the Lound Down Under, Laura Higgins. (laughs) (laughs) Renee, your Australian accent is my favorite. It is my favorite thing I think it's actually incredible. Um, I was just recently on your show and I actually repurposed that episode on my podcast not that long ago. But I would love to know, what do you do and why do you do it? Yeah, so I am a marketing and business coach and I work with creative service providers. So I work with photographers, designers, copywriters, um, social media managers, coaches, and really the thing I found is that most creatives are amazing at their craft, like they're good at their technical skill, but they have no idea what they're doing when it comes to running a business. So I help them with the business side, help them to actually get more clients, make more money and have a bit more fun in business. That's awesome. And what's, what's the big program or the big offer? Yeah. So we do, um, two big things. We, work with people in a program called My Marketing Playbook, which is where we give you like the marketing fundamentals. We teach you how to sell. We teach you how to market. Um, And then we also have a program called The Next Level Club, which is where we work with a small group of creatives over a 12-month period. And we like really focus on how can we build systems in your business? How can we help you to scale? How can we help you to find more freedom? Um, And really the goal in that program is to help you to double your revenue. Ooh, I want to double my revenue. Yeah, it's good. 
it's fun. <laughs> it's all about leveraging talent. I'm, I'm learning this is you hire the right people and they can do amazing work for you. And then you get this capacity back. Yeah. And isn't it such a, it's such a dance of like, what I found is hiring, hiring people or outsourcing or bringing on really awesome contractors. It's always, I always find that I do it like three months too late. And I always feel this, oh, am I ready to do this? Is this the right time? And it's, you know, by the time you start hiring, then you're like, I am like packed to the brim. I'm feeling a little bit burnt out. I should have done this three months ago. So I think it's always a bit of that leap of going, right, I've got to do it before I feel ready. Otherwise, when you do hire them, they come in and like, it's like someone coming to your house and your kitchen's a mess and there's stuff everywhere and like, you don't have any clean dishes. It's like that. So, <laughs> well, and then, like- but they're there to, to clean your house, but then they're bugging you. Where are the cleaning supplies? How do you like your house clean? <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, totally. I have to train these people. I forgot about that. They can't just yeah. read my mind. Yep. It's exactly like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I'm in the process of hiring a VA of which I think I found somebody. And it's like, we just did a call actually prior to this recording. And I said, here are the place, here's where I know you're going to start and you're going to get really good at it. And then your role will evolve over time and you're going to do other stuff. And she's like, like what? And I go, I don't know yet. (laughs) We're going to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's, she's like, that's totally fine. It's perfect. It's like when you have a small business, like the things aren't necessarily defined and that's okay. It's just kind of like, sometimes you got to throw the spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. Some days it will yeah. and some days it won't. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so, the thing I, I've found and, and working with, it's really funny working with a lot of creative types um, or creative professionals, really, there's such a spectrum of creatives or people who run businesses who are so structured and really love systems and really want things to be in order and and like kind of lovely and calm. And then the, on the other end of the spectrum, there's like the, I'm going to just change everything all at once and I'm going to do all the things and like, I'm changing my niche. I did it last week, but I'm doing it again this week. And it's like the always changing, always evolving. And it's this funny thing of realizing we all run businesses in in really different ways and it's finding the sweet spot of like how can we be creative how can we how can we shift things and how can we go with the flow and be dynamic and and let our business evolve whilst also um not kind of living in chaos as well so it's such a like imploding or exploding yeah. Well, there's the thing too, is you look at all these successful businesses in the world across every industry, and it's not like there's one type of founder or one type of CEO that's on the Mm -hmm. top. People are different. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say this, when you start getting more volume in your business, whether it's a low ticket offer, high ticket offer, you need systems. Like the first thing my VA is doing is going through my organization. And I said, where you're starting is the customer journey from when you first meet me or know of me, hear of me to when you become a customer, what does that journey Mm -hmm. look like? And where are we losing? Where are we making the big mistakes? And it's as simple as like, oh, I forgot to send the invoice for the $500 deposit for a VIP day to secure the date. And it starts tomorrow. So what's the point in sending the deposit invoice now? I've got to send the whole thing. At the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. But if the customer expects a certain step and you're, you're forgetting yeah. it or you're missing it, 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 it actually 
they, whether it's conscious or unconscious, they still know that it's happening or not. Oh, yeah. And we, I actually just, have you read Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman? Joey Coleman? Yeah. His process, we have just implemented um, this like into our onboarding, but he just has this incredible process for how do we go from lead or prospect not knowing anything about you to like buying your thing, becoming a huge fan of what you do and telling other people about it. And it's like such like highly recommend to anyone listening. It's such an incredible framework and it's helped us a bunch to go, what is our customer journey? How do we make sure that all of our touch points are really beautiful and intentional? Um, yeah. So that, that's been super helpful for us as well. Yeah. And I think he says in the book too, that the first hundred days are the most important and yeah. wowing your customer. And you think about like 100 days isn't a lot, but at the same time, it's over three months. <laughs> yep. And it's true. But if you can wow your customer in those first 100 days, then then it also becomes more systematized for you in creating that wow factor. And yeah. then the customer is happy. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because, you know, we're going to talk about marketing, but I think a lot of people want to get new leads. They want to get new new followers, new people into their world. But it's so much easier to sell to people who've already bought from you. So if we can have a really beautiful way of nurturing our customers and our leads, we can increase our sales without having to spend and invest in getting new leads in all of the time. Yes, exactly. That just made me think of something. Um, I got, I'm reading the book, The Ready, fire, aim alongside the book by um, Alex Hermosi, $100 million offer. Yeah. And love it. I'm just thinking of like the reality is like this phone that we're looking at right now, right? In Instagram DMs, text messages, emails, is you probably have, you know, three, six months, if not a year's supply worth of customers that are probably ready to buy from you. And mm -hmm. we're not even tapping that. Because the one yep. thing we don't start doing when we start a business or when we're growing our first business is the sales component of it. You always have to be selling. We initially go oh, into yeah. creating these beautiful strategies and like social media and the perfect website and the perfect this. And while that's important, it's just not important from day one. The most important thing is to make money. <laughs> we somehow yeah. forget that point of the business. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know what it's like, you know, for your audience, but I know for my audience, there's a lot of like maybe a bit of resistance around that's not necessarily why they started their business. It was more that they love what they do and they they think they can help people. And so then when the money component comes in, there can be a bit of a, oh, well, you know, I'm not, you know, doing this just for money. There's, I'm doing this to have more flexibility. I'm doing this to have more time with my kids. I'm doing this to just like do great work. And I think that's so awesome. But at the same time, your business needs money. And so it's like thinking mm -hmm. about, if we think about sales and if we think about marketing leading to sales, it's like oxygen in your business. And if we don't focus on the areas that bring us revenue, we we don't have a business. That really frustrates me when I see people go, exactly what you're saying, I'm going to get my website perfect. I'm going to get my you know systems perfect. I'm going to set up my CRM before I even put an offer out there. And I am always saying to my clients, just share an offer. Like just mm -hmm. tell people how you can help them and ask them to take the next step. Like just do that. And over and, and then, over and over again. Yeah. It's like we forget the basics. I think we forget that our audience 
may not be ready right now, but maybe they'll be ready in a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months or maybe two years from now. But if you're not marketing to them, if you're not connecting with them, you and like inviting them to take the next step, they're they're just going to sit on the sidelines forever. So, you know, the things that we're doing in our marketing and sales, we need to resist the urge to think of it as like flash in the pan. I'm going to go viral on TikTok or, you know, do this viral reel and it's this trending audio. We need to stop thinking about it in that like instant gratification way. And we need to start thinking about it for what it is, which is a long game. It's a connection with your customer. It's a way for you to nurture the people who aren't ready now and get them to a point where they are ready and that they think of you. Yeah. I remember when I first heard about Amy Porterfield, this was probably in my world was 2018. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember what happened was, so the story goes, we rented this place in San Diego um, and we had connected with a really awesome local daycare. And what happened was it was so close. It was like right up the street, but something happened with the plumbing, with the Airbnb. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. And this was like the day before checking in. We're going to have to move you to another location, another one of our buildings. Um, it's it's more expensive, but we'll charge you the same, uh, except it's like further down the highway. Well, Further down the highway for me was three hours in the car every day bringing my kids to and from daycare. Oh my gosh. And I went crazy. <laughs> but in those moments, I downloaded and binge listened to every single one of Amy Porterfield's podcast episodes. And while at the time I wasn't in it to buy and learn about what it means to like launch a course, um, the Digital Course Academy was in my mind. So it wasn't until like 2020. Mm -hmm. So like two-ish plus years later when I was like, oh, you know what? I'm actually ready for this now. She kept putting herself out there and she still puts herself out there. And now she has a whole team that helps. But if you're ready to go create a course, she's probably going to be on your list of one of the first people you would consider to teach, to learn from. Exactly. And I think that's so true that we forget that us being consistent in our message, being consistent in our medium and in the way that we share content and we add value and we connect, that, you know, is paying dividends that we can't see just yet. And I think like even for me, I had a um, sales call with this really beautiful copywriter who's in our program and she is just thriving. And she came to the sales call. She's like, listen, I've listened to your podcast for two years. I'm in for the program. I'm going to pay in full. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Like she didn't even need me to sell. She was just like, I'm in. Let's just do it. And she, when she started, she made back her investment in a week. And then she was like, Laura, I've been sitting on the sidelines for two years. I've been loving your content, binging your content. And she's like, I cannot believe that I've been able to do this. And it's like, for so many people, they just need the invitation and maybe they aren't ready yet. But when they, like when the right invitation comes at the right time for that person, that's when they're like, yep, I'm in, let's do it. And they are awesome clients to work with too, because they love you. And they, and you would have this too. You'd have people listening to this podcast who love you, Renee, and who go, oh my gosh, like one day I'm going to work with Renee. And like, I even think, oh, when I write my book, I'm working with Renee. You know what I mean? Like I think, oh my gosh, to like, do you you know what I mean? Like we, we have these connections and we think, oh, it should be instant, but it's, it's relationship just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's not relationship. 
Well, and that's the point of, I mean, for at least for me, but creating a podcast is I want to learn from other brilliant women, first of all, and hang out with brilliant women. So I get to do this, you know, a couple hours a week. And I say it's like having a coffee together, but it's also expanding my network because what happens is like, you're on my show, I'm on your show. And then we make introductions and then we share and then it just snowballs from there. I remember when I first launched the podcast, Dan was like, what's the point of this? What, what, what do you think the ROI is going to be? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out one day. And it, oh, yeah. and it just happened like that. It just like somebody became like a $10,000 coaching client because they heard my mm-hmm. show. And I was like, that paid for my show for the year. So yeah. there's the ROI. <laughs> it's right there. And, and sometimes I've, you don't know, but if you're not showing up yeah. every day, like I am right now, time is recording. I'm exhausted. I've been recording months worth of content, solo episodes, interviews, because we're going away on holiday of which I don't want to record a show when I'm away. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but, and then some days I'm just like, oh, like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Even you, it's like, cause you're, the time zone's quite different. And this just so happens to be at the time when my youngest had to go to the doctor's. And at the same time as the doctor's, my other son had to be picked up from school. And I'm like, Dan's busy recording videos and I'm, and I was doing this and we were trying to move it around. And I was like, no, no, I need to get this recording in, but my kids need to get picked up from school. (laughs) Well, Betty, our house manager said, listen, if I can get Max out of school a little bit early, I can swing by and get Noah and go to the doctor's office. No problem. And I was like, thank you. Right. Perfect. But yeah, it's like, like old Renee would have been like, we're canceling. Let's find another day in July. But today I was like, No. I'm here. <laughs> I showered and I curled my hair. We're making this happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk quickly about your rebrand. Yeah. So tell us, why did you do this? Yeah. So I started my business back in 2017. And at the time I was a social media manager. So I ran people's um, accounts I like, I was such a generalist, Renee. And I was like, I can design your website. I can like, you know, I was doing photo shoots. I was, I didn't even know really how to use a camera, but I was like, I'll I'll take some photos. And then I was like, I'll be a hand model in this shoot. And like, so I kind of did all the things I was writing, copy, designing websites, you know, fumbling around with Facebook ads, all the things. And our business has evolved a whole heap since then. So we, um, you know, moved into VIP days. We moved into consulting Then I moved from there into coaching. And, and now we just do, um, group coaching. And so at the time my business was called La La Social Club and the social club was because I was doing social media management. And the reason it was called La La was because my nieces and nephews couldn't say Laura. And so they called me La La. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> That's my business name, right? Like I was like, great. And then it kind of got to the end of last year. And I was like really tired of my colors, my fonts. I was like, the brand feels a bit tired. We need to refresh the brand. We need to consolidate our websites. It was like a huge job. So I was like, okay, cool. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to consolidate the brand. And at that point I was like, let's keep the logo the same, the name the same. There was no plan to change our name. But in my coaching, people would ask me, oh, should I do a company brand or a personal brand? And I was like, well, you're kind of building a personal brand anyway. So why not just go all in on your name? And I kept saying to people, if I was starting again from scratch, I do it all under my own name so that I can change and shift as I go. Um, and then I kind of was like, there was one day where I 
I said to my husband, I'm thinking we should just change, if we're doing this rebrand, I'm thinking we should just change the name now to Laura Higgins. And he was like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about the same thing today. And so we were like, okay, cool. And because again, for me, I want to write a book. I already, it already was kind of a personal brand anyway. It's just that the name was La La Social Club. So we were like, great, let's change it. And so overnight we like, i kind of sheepishly spoke to our incredible um, design team and was like, we're going to change the business name. <laughs> and they were like, cool, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So then they were like, great, let's, let's do it. And then we kind of planned out a launch, figured out how to cross everything over, how to change our Instagram handle, which was wild um, and kind of terrifying at the same time. And we were like, great, we're, we're changing. So as of like uh, beginning of May, um, we shifted, we said goodbye to Lala Social Club and we brought in this new brand. And what was really cool as well was I turned 30 in May. And so it was kind of like Woo-hoo. new, yeah, s- super fun, new brand, new decade, kind of like it felt like this new, right, like this is a new season and and I kept saying, Renee, I was like, I want to step into my Beyonce era. And like, you know, it's kind of like Destiny's Child was was her like 1.0 version and Beyonce is like her 2.0 version. Um, so Destiny's I was like, Child is like, say my name, say my name. That's your name. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was, we. she was foreshadowing what she was going to do. She was going to like go out yeah. on her own. Um so yeah. yeah, so it's been it's been really really fun, and it's and the brand is really fun, and I wanted it to feel. I think for me in business, I feel like people take it so seriously and mm-hmm. and lose a bit of the fun, and I really wanted our brand to feel fun. I wanted people to feel like when they saw the brand, when they encountered like our you know imagery, when they saw the colors, I wanted it to feel like oh, that's really fresh and and fun. I love it. Um, I redid my website and still like we're st- we haven't really rebranded. I think it's still on the list of things to do maybe in this, in the fall. Um, but we're directionally more accurate. Yes. And I just did a crazy <laughs> well photo shoot with some pretty hyper colors. And I actually like just got the link to my actual Dropbox folder <sighs> of all the images, but there's something about like the evolution of you that's a reflection of the evolution of the brand. So Kristen, who did my photo shoot, I bought a package from her where she does um, four photo shoots a year and you get 60 images per shoot. But she went away for um, the winter. So we missed my last shoot by like a couple months. So in the year and we'll say a half-ish from the first photo shoot to the last one, the person in the pictures hundred percent different woman. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at my first photo shoot, I'm just like, I didn't bother getting my hair done or my nails done. I did my own makeup and it was just like wherever in the house had good light. Yeah. And like the last yeah. one took me months to prepare for. And it was yeah. like bright colors, everything done. I didn't even did like a spray tan. I had all this stuff done. It was so exhausting, but I was like, but this is who I am now. This is me. This is the yeah. bright boldness to come leaning into my power because I know what I represent. Mm-hmm. And when you get that feeling of inspiration, it's like, wow, it's like someone lit a fire underneath my butt. 
It feels good though. Yeah. Your photos look amazing. And I think they totally do embody that. And, and I think I found all of my photos prior to this shoot, I exactly the same. I I'd never had my hair done as in like, I I never had my hair done for a shoot. I have had my hair done in my life, um, <laughs> but I didn't have my makeup done. <laughs> and and so I was like, this time I was like, I'm doing similar to you. I'm doing the big bold backdrop. I'm doing the lights. I'm doing the makeup. I'm doing the. I was like, I'm wearing a power suit. I'm wearing heels. Like who does you know who does it? But prior, like all of my shoots had been really like here I am sipping a cup of coffee and I'm wearing linen and I'm, I'm lovely and I'm chill. And I'm like, that's, that was exactly the vibe. But now I'm like, nah, like I'm a boss, you know? And I wanted the photos Mm -hmm. to be like, no, that's, that's the energy we're putting out there. That's the new brand. That's like your new essence. And I'm seeing this too. Like the last probably six months to a year, there's been this evolution coming from like the like mute neutral colors and like white backgrounds and like prettier Mm -hmm. fonts to like bold and bright and standing out. And I love it. I love it. It's almost like we're now we have permission to be colorful again. And maybe it was through COVID that this happened too, but like even, even the house colors, paint colors, like the, um, what was it called? Something white was like the white that you had. And I, we just painted our entire house, this white color, but now all of a sudden we're doing like accent colors on these walls because colors back. in. Yeah. Right. And it's like for our branding and business, you think about that for all of your marketing, it's like, how can you stand out for me? It's like, Mm -hmm. I wanted my images when you're scrolling through Instagram to kind of pop and stand out. And so everything's bright because it is different. Yep. And it's like, what does this girl do? She's holding a pink megaphone. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I love it. So when it comes to like rebranding though, because you went through it, I'm kind of going through it. When do you know it's the right time? Oh, this is this is a really good question. I had been wanting to rebrand for about 12 months. I I knew though that it was funny. I, I knew that it would be a bit of a process because we had two websites, we had three websites, actually, we had all of this, our back end was just a bit chaotic. Um, And so I knew that there would be a process of consolidating all those things and, you know, changing everything over all of that stuff. But I had wanted to do it for 12 months and I kept putting it off. Well, not putting it off. I wasn't, I really wanted to do it, but I, I recognized that the time that wasn't the right time. And the reason it wasn't the right time was because you know, this time last year, we launched our group coaching program, which just took, it required my, my full attention because it was this new offer and I didn't want to throw complexity or confusion into it by changing, you know, the brand that, that my audience was so familiar with. So I had to kind of, the creative in me was like, we need to change this now. And like, let's do it. It's going to be great. <laughs> and the, the, the strategy of going, do you know what? We will do it and it will be beautiful and it will be awesome when we do it. But now is not the right time. That took a bit of discipline from me to go, this isn't the right time yet. Um, but then at the end of last year, when we were like, yes, let's do it. Let's, we worked with this incredible branding agency called Avenir they're based in Australia and Nashville. And we were like, great, let's work with these guys. You know, let's get a website designer on all the things. When we did that, 
it was like, great, all systems go. Um, but I think for anyone listening, you know, if you're thinking of rebranding, I guess I'm sharing that with you to make sure that you recognize if it's a knee-jerk reaction, hey, let's just do this right now without strategy and without thinking about, okay, is this what my business needs from me right now? Is this the best use of my energy and time right now? Because it is a big process. I think you have to ask yourself those questions and really answer honestly. Um, And for me, usually I'd be like, awesome, let's do it. Who cares? We'll figure it out. But I had to go, my business actually needs me to not do this yet. Um, and, And it needed, the business required me to focus on a different area of the business. So I think asking yourself those questions, is this the right right time for me? Is this the right thing for my business? And then if it feels like, heck yes, then it's really about finding, okay, how do I want this to look? How do I want this to feel? You know, can I keep this brand for the next 10 years and still be happy with it? And I think those are the then the next questions you need to be asking when you're thinking about rebranding. And for me, like, in the process, it was weirdly emotional for me. Like I was like, I think because I had been Lala and Lala social club for so long, I felt like my identity was a bit in that. And I had to really process, okay, we're saying goodbye to this thing. Um, and what does that mean for me? What, you know, how do I feel having my brand under my own name? Do I feel a bit too, vulnerable or a bit too seen if it's my name? Do I feel like I can't do anything else with my life? You know, like what if I want to, I don't know, write a country album, (laughs) you know, like what if I want to do other things? And so, (laughs) so it kind of becomes, for me, I had to do this process of like kind of letting go of this old, um, iteration of, of the business and also of my own identity in the business. So it was, and I don't know if everyone else would feel like that, but for me, it was that process of like, okay, I've got a um, really, the timing of it worked really well for me because it was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's change the name. Let's, let's really it's elevate so this. Work. It's so much work. It really is. A hundred percent it is. And it's like, you're, like you said, you're giving up this identity, but you're leaning into this new level of confidence. I think of mm-hmm. any big rebrand or even tweaks to brands, like big companies have been doing it for years. And some people are like, well, why do they do that? Well, they do it to be up to date. It's yeah. like, it's also a good PR strategy to rebrand if you're a big company or a small company. And it's, it's, you need to be fresh. That's it. I don't know if you remember, gosh, it must've been 2010 when the gap decided to rebrand. And I don't know if it, to this day, if it was joke or not, but they rebranded back to a logo that looked like it was from the 90s. I love And it was terrible. (laughs) And people were like, are you serious? And I guess it got so much backlash that they just stopped it. They're like, no, I guess we're not doing this. (laughs) It was a joke, guys. It was a joke. (laughs) Probably, but it was terrible. It was so terrible. And so like the rebrand thing, there's reasons to do it. There's reasons not. It's very expensive. Um, it's time mm-hmm. consuming because yeah. you think of like every touch point, especially if you're renaming the company or you're changing a name is every touch point has to be, to be changed, um, online as well as when you talk about it and you'll probably default oh, yeah. to saying the old name 
and we're talking about old programs, but it is, it, it feels good. It's a good refresh to actually rebrand. And for me, it was like the evolution of We Wild Women was so many things. And originally it was like this collective of female entrepreneurs, which it still is. And I was coaching them and it's not yeah. that anymore. In a way I am coaching them. I'm teaching them and doing for them incredible PR strategies. Yeah. And so they're like, they're still kept a little bit of what we wild women is. And it really is about us being wild about us being, and having Beyonce level confidence, as you say, Yes, <laughs> to market our business. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love, I love that you're, I think it's really lovely when you see other people evolving their offers, evolving their um, vision, but keeping their mission the same. Like you really want female entrepreneurs to run awesome businesses and to feel really empowered. And I think for me, the, when we shifted the, the look and feel and the brand and the name, the core mission still stayed the same. And I think it, for anyone listening who feels like they need permission to change up their offer or change up their look and feel because, you know, it, it feels like it's the right time, you totally have permission to do that and you should be evolving. Business is dynamic. It's not fixed. Like we need to stop, stop thinking, oh, if I go into this niche, I'm here forever and I can never, ever change. We actually need to go, do you know what? this is what I'm doing right now and I love it and this is helping people and this is aligned with my mission. And if that changes next year or a few years from now, that is totally okay because I'm evolving with the business and the business can evolve too. One of the recent episodes, I can't remember who it was, but she said, your niche isn't a death trap. And oh, I loved it because what it. she meant by it was that you can choose a niche or a niche. You can choose a niche you can choose the service that you offer, a product that you yeah. offer, and you're actually allowed to change it. You can change it for many reasons. You don't have to have an excuse as uh -huh. long as you're making money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but your your niche is not a death trap. And, and I've seen this with businesses. I've seen this with entrepreneurs. Like I had one woman I was coaching, um, Andrea, love her. And she was in the process of having her uh, agency sold. And the biggest thing that was holding her back was the story that she kept telling herself, well, everybody knows me as this HubSpot marketing expert. And when I sell my business, I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm no longer that expert. Mm. And I'm like, but really doesn't, does that really matter? Does it really matter that? Mm -hmm. And like, and then who really cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just go and make a list of people who actually care. You might have two people and it's like your mom and your dad. <laughs> but the reality is like the people that are evolving, they're looking for opportunities, they're scouting, they're like, okay, here's something, maybe I can take advantage of this. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's a rebrand, maybe it's a new marketing channel like PR, hello, you can hire me to do your PR strategy. It's like those people that are curious and evolving, they end up making those big, bold moves and they make leaps and bounds ahead of other people. Yeah, and and I will say like we launched the rebrand a month ago at the time of this recording and the response has been and we didn't do like a huge launch strategy I just kind of like teased it out on social media and did a podcast and wrote some emails about it but the response for us has been really amazing people have kind of gone oh cool like I, I can see how this is 
your business has shifted. And people have even commented like, hey, this is a good move. This feels really aligned. This feels like you're you're confident and you're you're showing up in in this really aligned way. And so I guess as well, like even when we think about our marketing, when we think about our social media presence, people are watching and not in the judgmental, disapproving way that we might think, if that's the story that we tell ourselves, they're actually watching a lot of the time in awe going, oh my gosh, how cool is it that you did that? And like, I love the way that you've been able to, I've loved seeing your journey. I've loved seeing how you've done this. Like for me, seeing you posting all of your incredible photos from your recent branding shoot, it's like, yes, that feels like Renee. And it kind of is like really cool as someone in your audience and in your world to go, I'm so like in your corner going, yes, that is amazing. I'm so happy that you're doing that. And I think it's kind of cool if we can take a step back and go, let's not worry about the the crowd or the mob or like anyone kind of saying, oh, I don't know why you did that. Because most people are going, oh my gosh, heck yes, that is so good that you're doing that and I'm so here for it. And so I think if we assume that that posture of people are going to love this and this is going to feel my audience is going to be so down for this journey. And I think that that, it just takes the pressure off. We can go, yep, yeah, cool. I'm here. Let's do it. Totally. And it gives other people permission to do the same thing too. Uh-huh. And I mean, in the rebrand too, like the re- it's, it, it's so all encompassing because it's, it's also ends up being like what you offer in your product or service. It's not just like changing a logo or a couple of colors and moving things around on a website. Um, it's everything. It's like the mm-hmm. moment somebody steps into the palace, which is what you do for a living, it's like the feeling, the, the yeah. emotion that you trigger for them, mm-hmm. hopefully good, <laughs> and how you inspire them, motivate them, and then provide the value to them that they can succeed and then they've come to the right place, right? So that's that's a rebrand and, and all of it, all of the essence too. It's like the words you use, how you approach it. Like yeah. Even I just changed the bio on my Instagram account the other day because I was inspired by somebody else. And when I, I just had like this epiphany and I was like, oh, wait, this sounds so good. And I put these words together and it was the holy shit. There's an asterisk in there. The holy crap, this works. Expert who creates world-class PR strategies. Took me 12 years to figure it out. You get it in a day. Book with me now. Love People that. like, what? That it's is like, amazing. That's intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. But when it all, like when the, when the balls start rolling and the snowball mm-hmm. gets bigger, it's like things just start clicking too. But you have to be bold and confident to go out there and just say something a little different, maybe a little edgy. <laughs> Yes. I love that too. And and it's hard, isn't it, to like quantify vibe. Like it's hard for us to measure what is the ROI on my brand? What is the ROI on the vibe that I'm putting out? But in almost every sales call, um, we have one of my team, she does this initial discovery call and she asks people, hey, why, why do you want to work with Laura? And most people are like, I actually just like her vibe. And it's like, okay, (laughs) vibe, cool. Like that actually tells me that the the look and feel is important, yes. The photos are important, yes. The content is important. The tone of the copy is important. The presence is important. And and if we can 
think about, again, I just keep thinking about Instagram and people get so stressed about what if I do something wrong on Instagram? What if I, why am I not getting engagement? But if we can actually go, mm. what is my, how do I want my presence to be felt on this platform? How do I want people to feel when they see me online, when they come across a piece of my content? Do I want them to feel like this sigh of relief? Do I want them to feel calm? Do I want them to feel excited? Do I want them to feel like, oh, this is funny and this is going to be simple or this is going to be actionable? How do we want people to feel? And then, you know, that if we zoom out again from that, our brand is the essence of that, our, our tone, our copy. It's all of those things together. It's you as a person. How do you show up? What do you care about? Like, who are you? And then bringing that. Marketing is just amplifying you. So if we can amplify what makes you different, what makes you funny, what makes you quirky, or what makes you unique, amplifying that in your marketing that's the best place to start for a marketing strategy. That's how you can show up. You, like if you try to show up as someone else, what do you think is going to happen when they buy your thing and then they realize, oh my gosh, Renee's not prim and proper. Like she's she's funny and she's quirky and she like says it how it is. If your social presence doesn't reflect that, they're going to be like, wait, what? Like <laughs> Renee swears sometimes. Like they like, can't <laughs> connect the dots. Yeah. You yeah, lose totally. integrity and then you lose the trust. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, it's like, stop trying to be someone else. Feels good. A hundred percent. And be you. Here's what also happens when you do this is that things become easier because you're not yep. faking it. Mm-hmm. And then you're not stressed out that you're going to be figured out or you're going to get caught because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just been me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, of course we need strategy and yes, we need to be intentional with how we show up. But my big encouragement to you listening would be how can you amplify what makes, like amplify what makes you different? And, you know, one big thing I say to my clients all the time is like know your magic, know the thing that makes you a bit of a unicorn. And AI can't replace that. So if we think about, you know, we're in this really cool, new, crazy world with AI you need to know your magic. You need to know what makes you different and you need to amplify that in your marketing so that you can cut through and so that, you know, you're kind of irreplaceable as well. Yeah. Well, when I do the VIP day, um, the strategies, one of the questions that I ask is how are you different? And I don't mm. like really, how are you different? And if you can't figure out your uniqueness then go run a bath, pour yourself some tea and then just sit there and, and figure it out. Because I don't care if you're a woman that runs an e-commerce business um, in Northern Quebec in Canada. It's like, that's not juicy. How are you different? And if you haven't, everybody has a story. If you haven't figured out your uniqueness, no one's going to want that from you. Like, Mm. like, look at, if you open up my um, medicine cabinet, there's a million different kinds of creams in there. And to be honest with you, I don't know which one works because I'm always <laughs> using a million different kinds of creams, yeah. right? At this point now, I'm just going to the one that has like certain ingredients and it looks good. <laughs> it's probably Canadian. Yeah. Um, but the uniqueness is in maybe their story or the uniqueness is in like, it has a little dewy residue afterwards or they 10% of all proceeds go to XYZ. Like what's the mm. story in your product mm. or service that is so different because you need that for marketing, but you especially need that for PR. 
That's the hook. Yeah. That's the juicy bit that we sink our teeth into. Otherwise, you're just another story. How do you think people, like, how do we do this on ourselves? Because I'd be curious how you do that from a PR perspective. What questions should we be asking ourselves to help us to, you know, because we kind of see ourselves and we're like, wait, what? I'm normal. This is This is just me. I'm just doing my thing. But how do we identify what makes us, you know, our little 1%? difference? I, well, I always ask the people like, how are you different? They give me some runaround story. And I was like, that's too fluffy. Um, sometimes I have to make stuff up to bring them back to the, the real, the reality of their story. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's it. That's it right there. Mm. But you can use your community. Um, I've used best friends before I've used family members like, Hey, how am I different in this? If you could, if you could describe what I do in two or three words, what is it? Or how am I different compared to other products or services that you've used? Right. Just ask the questions, like be curious and it'll come up and you'll reflect on it too. But also I think in all of us, we kind of already know the answer. Yeah. We already know what it is. We're Mm -hmm. just too afraid to admit it. Because we don't have the Beyonce level confidence to be able yes. to just show up and crush it every day. Yeah, um, we know what it is inside. We have to give ourselves that peace, like meditation, yoga, CrossFit, whatever it is. It's in there, yeah. and when you're in this relaxed state, mm. then you can say, "Oh, you know, that's me." Like for me, I went through this six year journey of trying to figure out who I am. Like I already knew who I was. Who am I? Who am I trying to figure out? It's just that I didn't have the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. being me. I wasn't that confident self. And now I'm back in the industry. I thought I would never get back into, but I love yeah. it. And I have a different spin on it. Yeah. And we're so attracted to people who are just being unashamedly themselves. And I think um, we were talking earlier about watching um, Selling Sunset, <laughs> the <laughs> glorious um, and terrible reality TV show. Um, but the thing I love, and it's so funny because I feel like Chriselle, the main girl in this this show, they're all real estate real estate um, moguls per se, and she and has and they're beautiful. But she has something where she's so goofy and funny and just being herself that I think is what makes her. She kind of is a bit disarming, and whether or not you know the internet oh, loves totally. her or and not. The fact that she was married to that actor and then started dating one of the uh, owners of the Oppenheim yeah. group yeah, and is now dating a woman. And well, I'm like, yeah, G Flip, who is an Australian. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But Talking about knowing what you want. Yeah, and I think it's so incredible to kind of be like, she has something that's magnetic. When you watch her, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, she's just being herself. And it's sometimes it's a bit crazy and sometimes it's like hilarious and funny. And, but there's something about her, people who are just unashamedly themselves, those people are magnetic and we're drawn to people who are just not trying to be something else. And there are brands that are like that too. Like oh, yeah. I think of the first one that comes to mind, I don't know why it's like Dollar Shave Club. They yep. like, they put humor in what they, right? So it's like Nixwear. Nixwear for me was like one of the first big underwear brands that had models of every size and color and shape. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. And they just owned it. And there was no excuses. It's like, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And this is who we mm-hmm. represent. So, and it takes, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to not care and not have to like yeah. filter everything. 
This yeah. is a whole other world that exists on the other side of like the reality that, that we think these people yeah. live. Um, and it's not that pretty. <laughs> not that pretty. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay. We've been chatting forever and I love this, but I have one last question for you. Yes. When I please. ask you what it means to be a wild woman, what is that to you? Honestly, I think it's being unashamedly yourself. I think it's showing up in a way that feels like, yeah, I am, I'm really aligned with who I am. Who I am online is who I am offline. I think thinking about it in that way. And to me, that feels like those are the people that I want to hang around, the people who are just themselves. Yeah, I agree. Well, Laura, it has been so much fun hanging out with you today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Well, I hope that you loved this conversation as much as I did. Hope that you found it super helpful. Let me know what you loved about it. Be sure to follow Renee underscore Warren on Instagram and to check out her podcast, We Wild Women. I will see you back here same time, same place next week. Hang out with me on Instagram this week. Hang out with me on threads this week. That's where all of the action is happening. So be sure to send me a DM and say, hey. Alrighty, my friend, have a wonderful week. I will see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, go get them.